Good morning. Five more weekdays. And then it'll be next week, and then three more weekdays. <clears throat> um, we are a little past the halfway point, and so it's, uh, as I like to say at this time, it's more downhill, or maybe not downhill yet. Uh, um, more days behind us, fewer days ahead of us. Amen? Um, and so I hope you're having a, a revived uh, heart and excitement uh, to really finish the fast well. Uh, we're going to continue on in our reading in Genesis chapter 44 this morning. And so uh, read with me. Then he commanded his house steward, saying, Fill the man's sacks with food, as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth... Oh, did we read 43? 43. Okay, we haven't read 43. Okay. So we, we left off last uh, Friday. <clears throat> and um, with Joseph naming his sons... And both of his sons' names, uh, uh, you know, both, both of his children, which should be nothing short of just pure celebration, both have references, um, remembrance of his past. You know, one son was named Manasseh, that I would forget of the troubles. Um, the other son's name uh, was a reference to... Uh, uh, the Lord has, has blessed me in the midst of the land of my affliction, uh, both which are referenced of what his brothers had done to him. Um, and so whether he knows it, whether he acknowledges it, or whether it's in his subconscious, somehow his past hurts still are carried over into his new life, his, uh, uh, his future, his, his uh, you know, two sons. And um, even though he has succeeded to the second in command of all of Egypt, none is more powerful than, uh, other than Pharaoh over him. Uh, and so the narrative may seem like it would end there, that he's finally come to the fulfillment of the promises. Uh, and, and despite his family and despite his brokenness, God loves him. And so end of story. Um, and so we read, we left off, and we said, absolutely not. God, God doesn't want just success. He wants to heal you. Uh, he wants to heal your family. Um, and so the brothers come. Uh, there's an, uh, an encounter. Uh, they don't recognize that it's Joseph. And what Joseph is looking for, both in chapter 42 and continuing in 43 and going on to 44, um, is whether or not his brothers have changed. You, you wouldn't, as you're reading it over the three or four chapters, you may not see it. And, and, and uh, Joseph does some seemingly awkward or, or kind of extreme things, but he's really looking, he's really probing, not once, not twice, but multiple times, multiple opportunities to see whether or not their brothers have changed, to see whether this is the, these are the same brothers that sold him into slavery. And so there's layers of tests for Joseph. You know, at this point, you know, he, he had attained to this type of status and authority. Uh, um, and so I, I would imagine that he's, he's a, a, at this point, a good judgment of character. And so it's not just one 
uh, sample, okay, you, in this one context with this one group of people, uh, uh, you, were, you were fair or you were kind, um, but, but multiple places. Okay, so anyways, we'll get to um, 43. Now the famine was still severe in the land, so when they had eaten all the grain they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, go back and buy us a little more food. So they were sent back, the money was sent with them, the brothers are wondering, why is there favor when there should be judgment? Why is there favor when there should be judgment? Uh, they ran out of the food, so now they're going, the father of Jacob is telling them to go back to Egypt and buy some more food. But Judah said to him, the man warned us solemnly, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother along with us, we will go down and buy food for you. But if you will not send him, we will not go down because the man said to us, you will not see my face again unless your brother is with you. Israel asked, Why did you bring this trouble on me by telling me the man, uh, by telling the man you had another brother? They replied, The man questioned us closely about ourselves and our family. Is, is your father still living? He asked. Do you have any, uh, other, another brother? We simply answered his questions. How are we to know he would say, Bring your brother down here? Then Judah said to Israel, his father, Send the boy along with me. And we will go at once, so that we and you and, and, and our children may live and not die. Myself, I myself will guarantee his safety. You can hold me personally responsible for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him here before you, I will bear the blame before you all my life. As it is, if we had not delayed, we could have gone and returned twice. And I mentioned how uh, uh, they have changed. Um, they, want, they were repentant because in front of Joseph, not realizing it was Joseph, um, they had said remorsefully, we shouldn't have killed our brother. Or the, the sentiment was, we shouldn't have done this, now judgment is on us. And one of the brothers, Reuben, says, I told you, you shouldn't lay a finger on him. Um, and so now you see, uh, previously Reuben uh, would put it on himself, and now Judah is putting it on himself, to ensure the safety of Benjamin, who is now the youngest brother. Um, and so you see that the older brothers have changed, that they're not just thinking about themselves. Benjamin is also favored, and yet they're willing to protect and take care of Benjamin because they, heart, they have the heart of the father. And so these are different men than were the men that had sold and wanted to kill their younger brother Joseph. Um, verse 11, Then their father Israel said to them, if it must be, then do this. Put some of the best products of the land in your bags and take them down to the man as a gift. A little balm, a little honey, some spices and myrrh, some potassium nuts and almonds. Take double the amount of silver with you, for you must return the silver that was put back into the mouths of your sacks. Perhaps it was a mistake. Take your brother also and go back to the man at once. And may God Almighty grant you mercy before the man so that he will let your other brother and Benjamin come back with you. As for me, if I am bereaved... I am bereaved. So the men took the gifts, the double amount of silver, and Benjamin also. They hurried down to Egypt and presented themselves to Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Take these men to my house, slaughter an animal, and prepare a meal. They are to eat with me at noon. The man did as Joseph told him and told the men to Joseph, uh, uh, took the men to Joseph's house. Now the man was frightened when they were taken to his house. They thought, We were brought here because of this uh, uh, silver that was put back into our sacks the first time. He wants to attack us and overpower us and seize us as, as slaves and take our donkeys. So they went up to Joseph's steward and spoke to him at the entrance of the house. We beg your pardon, our Lord, they said. 
We came down here the first time to buy food, but at the place where we stopped for the night, we opened our sacks and each of us found his silver, the exact weight in the mouth of his sack. So we have brought it back with us. We have also brought additional silver with us to buy food. We don't know who put our silver back in our sacks. It's all right, he said. Don't be afraid. Your God, the God of your father, has given the treasure in your sacks. I received your silver. Then he brought Simeon out to them. The steward took the men into Joseph's house, gave them water to wash their feet, and provided fodder for their donkeys. They prepared their gifts for Joseph's arrival at noon because they had heard that they were to eat there. When Joseph came home, they presented to him the gifts they had brought into the house, and they bowed down before him to the ground. He asked them how they were, and, they, and, and then he said, How is your aged father you told me about? Is he still living? They replied, Your servant, our father, is still alive and well. They bowed down, prostrating themselves before him. As he looked about and saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son, he asked, Is this your youngest brother, the one you told me about? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into his private room and wept there. After he had washed his feet, he came out, he came out and, controlling himself, said, Serve the food. They served him by, by, they served him by himself, the brothers by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because Egyptians could not eat with Hebrews, for that is detestable to Egyptians. The men had been seated before him in order of their age, from the firstborn to the youngest, and they looked at each other in astonishment. When portions were served to them from Joseph's table, Benjamin's portion was five times as much as anyone else's, so they feasted and drank freely. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. And so in verse 9, we see that Judah is willing to take uh, 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 the, the full brunt of the burden of securing uh, uh, Benjamin's safety um, upon himself, upon his own family. Uh, in the previous chapter, Reuben was also willing to do that. So there, there are signs or, or, uh, 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 of repentance, of, of having uh, turned around. Now, now we know there's remorse. Right? We, we established that there was remorse. They regretted. They were sorrowful that they had done this. They shouldn't have done this. Um, but that's different from repentance. Right? All of us feel remorse when we grieve the heart of God. Right? We feel like we shouldn't have done that. We feel like, oh, that was a sin or, or that really hurt my father. But that's different from repentance. Right? Repentance is a change of heart. A repentance is turning around. Repentance is a commitment to no longer continue on in that path. Um, and as we see here, it's a process. It's, it's a journey. Um, you know, uh, 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 it's your kindness, God's kindness, that leads us to repentance. And so Joseph, in his kindness, returns the silver that they had brought to purchase the grains, had given them that silver and had given them uh, 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 the food as well. Um, and so the brothers are just, they're, they're, they don't understand. They were fully expecting judgment before the Pharaoh when they were being, being accused. And Joseph certainly could have uh, rightfully judged them. And so expecting judgment from God for their past, as, as their past catches up to them many you know, decades, years later, Instead, God gives them favor and they're scratching their heads and they're really thinking this. They're really thinking, why, when I deserve judgment, am I receiving favor? 
why when I am undeserving for my sins or my heart, even if I didn't do anything wrong on the outside, but God knows my heart, God knows my thoughts, why is there still favor? And it truly is the kindness of God. And I think the kindness of God, where we're expecting judgment, will break down our walls, will soften our hearts. Um, He then encounters Benjamin in, uh, in, in, in in the later verses. And when he sees his brother Benjamin, at that point he can't contain his emotions and he has to excuse himself from the room and he begins to weep. Um, the last time he saw Benjamin, he, Benjamin was a baby. He was just a little child. Um, he's weeping at the, the lost years. He's weeping at, at the, the lost relationship that he never had with his brother. He's weeping at probably the thoughts of his mother, his family, his home, his own childhood. Uh, how that had been robbed from him, taken from him, stripped from him. Uh, and so all sorts of emotions. Um, interestingly, even though Jacob is of uh, the highest rank in terms of position and authority, uh, yet culturally the Egyptians still deplored and looked down uh, on the Hebrews. Not just on Hebrews, but on all foreigners. Uh, uh, priests in the Egyptian uh, uh, context culture would not eat anything imported from any other nation because to them it was unclean and detestable. And so even though he's a high-ranking second-in-command, Egyptians still ate separately from the Hebrews. Um, What's interesting here, and this starts to really baffle, you know, this this, uh, second-in-command, Joseph, like, you know, I'm sure they thought, like, do I know you? (laughs) You know, you you, you look so familiar. You know, have we met before? Uh, I'm sure those thoughts might might have come through. He's asking such personal questions about their family. Um, at this meal, he lines up all the brothers by their age. There's no way that, that anyone would know their ages, and yet he does that. So I, I, mean, I, I think Joseph's having a little bit of fun too, messing, messing with them. Uh, and then for Benjamin, it mentions here in verse 34 that, um, that he gives five times as much the portion to Benjamin than he does to all the other older brothers. Now, you know, I, I think generally speaking, the, the oldest, whether it's a, a son or brother or, or daughter, generally just, just by right, by, by age, you know, gets the, the larger portions. And if they're gracious enough, they'll, of course, you know, share with the others. Um, I, I think in general, uh, maybe not in all situations. Um, but here, the youngest, once again, is being given the the, the, the extra portion. And I think Joseph is seen. Because remember, Joseph was the one who was favored. Joseph was the one who was given extra. Joseph was the one who got the, uh, 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 the very colored uh, tunic, you know, authority. And so as Joseph is now favoring Benjamin with greater portions, I think he's taken a good look at his brothers to see their reaction. To see if they're jealous, to see if they're angry, to see if they're uh, uh, wanting, uh, you know, still carry that heart. Um, and so, so Joseph is looking uh, uh, for these places and these opportunities. When we get to chapter 44 um, tomorrow, uh, uh, we're really going to see how 
um, there's, there's signs of repentance. There's, there's symbols towards um, a changed heart. But how do you really know? How do you really know? Uh, well, in chapter 44 tomorrow, I'll go into that. How do you know that you've really repented? How do you know that you're not just sorry again and that you've truly repented? And, and, and we'll take a look at that uh, uh, tomorrow. Um, this, this, this scene where, where uh, uh, Joseph is, is weeping and he sees his brother and all this pain is you know, now welled up and it's surfaced, surfaced up. Uh, it reminds me of uh, uh, the first time I did inner healing and deliverance. Just, just out of curiosity, can I get a show of hands for how many of us have done some form of inner healing uh, ministry before? Have received inner healing? Okay, inner healing and deliverance. Okay, that's great. Um, I'm really excited for 2020 because we have, for the last year, maybe more than a year, have been praying and preparing. We've, we've had a handful of people who have been training all of last year. And uh, sometime this year, uh, before the summer or around summer, uh, we hope to roll out and possibly even open up the inner healing and deliverance ministry here at Solomon's Porch, which is monumental, which is huge. Um, and, 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 you know, inner healing is simply a form by which through, through guidance, through counsel, but spiritually focused on the scriptures by the leading of the Holy Spirit, where, where we partner or come alongside with Jesus so that he can minister to us in the places of our brokenness. Uh, I think counseling is of great value, guidance, uh, uh, but uh, a lot of that is academic. Uh, a lot of that is, is emotional and, and mental. Um, I don't think you can fully get healing without the spiritual component. Okay? Because there are many places in our lives, in our past hurt, where we feel hurt really by people, but if we're perfectly honest, and myself included, we feel hurt by God. God is the one that grieved us because we felt like God wasn't there. And so, to me, when you boil it down, the whole point of inner healing is to show you and to reveal you that even in your deepest hurt, in fact, Jesus was there. And, it, and first and foremost, it restores your relationship with the Lord. If it restores your relationship with the Lord, then it can restore your relationship with other people. Does that make sense? Right? Uh, and, and so, um, when, when I did inner healing, um, just one sample, uh, obviously there were the big things. There were the things that I was traumatized by, or maybe I wasn't even aware I was traumatized by as a young child or as a youth. And so, I, I shared that with my, with my inner healing uh, deliverance coach or counselor or minister. We don't actually call them counselors, they're not certified, but ministers. Um, and so... Uh, uh, and, and so we get healing and it's emotional and, and what's, what's interesting is, is that, you know, as we go through the big stuff and, and as they minister to me uh, and as I open my heart up and as I acknowledge the presence of God in those areas of my pain uh, the question that they'll ask is is there anything else, Sam? You know, is there anything else you feel like the Holy Spirit wants to show you? And, and for the most part, I'm like you know, no, I, you know, I think that's, that's the big stuff you know, those are, those are the big ticket items well, we'll look again. And sure enough, um, like stuff I, I didn't think was a big deal. You know, something someone said or did that, that, that as I look back on it now, I didn't think it was a big deal. Because I've grown up and I've matured. But somehow being in this ultra vulnerable spiritual place of love, 
I go, actually, when I was in second grade, there was this girl named Susan Faulkner, and she said that I was ugly. <laughs> and then I started tearing up. <laughs> a 35-year-old man was like, started tearing up that this you know, 10-year-old girl had said something mean to me, but it really hurt. <laughs> right? And, and so you realize that there's a lot of l- things that we think are little pains that are actually really hurtful. That time that my mom said this or forgot to pick me up from Taekwondo for three hours. Taekwondo is only one hour. <laughs> Things like that. And, and, and you realize that there's like all these little layers and man, you start confessing them. You start crying out. And, and so I, I, just, I just realized uh, uh, that man, we're, we really are the children of God, but in a good way. You know, uh, 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 to enter, you know, Nicodemus asks uh, uh, the Lord, how, how can an old man like me be saved? How can I inherit the eternal life? And, and he says to Nicodemus, you have to become a child again. I think that we're, we're so fixated in not becoming, not being like a child. I think we're so concentrated on being strong and, and protected and not vulnerable. I, I think somehow we've defined being an adult as, as being strong and not emotional and, and, and not being sensitive. And, and yet that's actually, if you think about it, the Lord is asking us to be a child again in one aspect, to be vulnerable again, to be sensitive again, to be excited again, to be, to be willing to be moved and, and, and to cry, you know, men and women. Um, and, and so I think there's something about being vulnerable before God. I think God can't really speak to us if we're not willing to become like a child and become vulnerable again. And, and, and so God absolutely uh, wants to minister to us in that place. Um, well, we'll get into chapter 44. I won't read all of it here now. Um, but uh, Joseph then uh, uh, begins to accuse the brothers once again um, and um, they basically uh, uh, blesses him with food sends him off home again uh, but this time he puts a silver cup that belongs to the king uh, in Benjamin's sack. And his plan is to basically uh, uh, make it look like Benjamin was the one who stole it. And then obviously he would have to pay the price. Um, the brothers are adamant, saying, why, when silver was given to us the first time, would we actually come back and return the silver to you? And then to also be willing to pay for additional food why would we go through all that just to come back and take this silver goblet or, or thing from your table? That doesn't make any sense. And Joseph is adamant, no, your, your, your youngest brother, Benjamin, now he has to be punished. Um, and in verse 16, and this is, I think, the, the operative word uh, um, or, or statement. How do you know that someone has truly repented? Um, in verse 16, then Judah said, now remember, Judah and Reuben said, it put it upon myself. It's my responsibility you know, I, I'll put my life on the line. Uh, uh, you know, uh, my, my, son's, uh, uh, my son's lives uh, uh, upon their names. Uh, they're willing to bear the price. It's all talk <laughs> at that point, you see. 
right? Lord, I'll, I'll do this, I promise. Lord, I won't do that again, I promise. Well, it's coming to a head. And now uh, uh, it's not talk, and now it's, it's action. And so now he's going to, Joseph's going to uh, 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 pretend to take Benjamin and to bear out the punishment that he deserves for uh, supposedly stealing this. Um, when Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, he was still there, and they fell to the ground before him. Joseph said to them, What is this deed that you have done? Do you not know that such a man as I can indeed practice divination? So Judah said, What can we say to my Lord? What can we speak? And how can we justify ourselves? I think a truly repentant heart, uh, for my own sins, for, for our own actions, is to come to this place where we really have no argument before God. Where we're no longer in a position to justify ourselves before God. Where we're no longer in this stance where, where God has to, is actually needs to provide answers to me for why certain things happen. And simply, it, it, our heart is contrite, kneeled, and we just come to this place where we can't defend ourselves, where we have nothing to say. Even though, yeah, sure, I was the one who did the, you know, the, 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 the silver cup and all that. Like, with his authority and with my humility, like, what, what could I possibly say to you? We're, we're simply at your mercy. What can we speak? What can we say? How can we justify ourselves? And I think when we get to this place of understanding of, of giving up, it is a right, but relinquishing our right to defend ourselves. It is a right, we are entitled, but giving up our, our, our right and entitlement to question God and simply say, God, I, I'm humble before you. Um, it is, you know, as you will it. Um, I think all true repentance uh, begins with giving up of rights, uh, giving up the argument, and simply coming before God um, and then God is able to then minister and move. And then we see in the, in the verses to come that, um, that Joseph, at this point, at this sign, you know, for all the talk of, I'll put my name on the line, for all the talk of, uh, 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 you know, we'll take care of our brother, for the, we're not showing jealousy when he gets the extra portions, and, you know, being remorseful, certainly that's of value, being remorseful and saying, we're sorry, we shouldn't have done this, and we shouldn't have treated our brother. But at this point, when they're, fully submitted and, and relinquished their rights um, and, 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 then, and then Judah says he goes on and says let my younger brother Benjamin go back to his father and take my life instead and then Joseph just loses it he loses it and then, and then he exposes himself and he sees that, that his brother has truly changed at least his eldest senior brother, the one who could have had the most influence and could have protected him. The brother who was jealous of Joseph, who wanted to kill Joseph, but instead sold him into slavery, is now willing to give up his own life for the protection of his youngest brother, Benjamin. At that moment, Joseph realized this is not the same man. At that moment, Joseph realized that they have truly repented before God. And at that moment, Joseph then reveals himself, his true self, and all the favor of the kingdom of heaven is released upon him. And that is the, the, the narrative. That is 
uh, the playbook. That is the form. That is the relationship in which how we receive the favor and blessing of God. But not just you know. Please don't take this and say, okay, there's you know uh, calculation one, calculation two. Okay, so if I do these things, then God. That's not how it works. It's not a formula. You can't come into the, 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 the throngs of the kingdom of God and be like, okay, I did this, this, and this, so where's the blessing? He genuinely is repentant. He's genuinely sorrowful. He's genuinely willing to put his own life on the line. And a, a true, contrite, repentant heart before God, the Lord Jesus himself, if it seems like he's been far from you, will unveil his covering and will reveal himself to you in a supernatural and powerful way that will transform and touch your life forever. But it begins with giving up our rights to defend ourselves. It, it begins with uh, uh, laying down our questions towards God and demanding that God answers. It begins with, I, I'm in no position, I'm in no place. It, life is as you say it is. Who am I? What, what can I say? God, I, I, I come broken before you at, at your complete mercy. It's in that place that God will meet you. Amen? Amen. And that can be had every day. And that can be had every week. And that can be had every month. That can be had every cycle. That can be whenever you feel distant from God. You, you know, and, and you're not sure what it is. You, you can come before God. And just spend some time in quiet meditation and worship. And get your heart right. And just start confessing. You may not even know what it is that's keeping you distant from God. You may not even know what it is that's hard in your heart. But just start confessing. And just confessing. And repenting. And, and just come open. And, and, and give up your rights. And, and Lord I've been questioning you. I've been doubting you. I've been challenging you. I've been demanding answers. Put all that before him, lay it at the foot, come humbly before him, and the Lord will meet you in that place. Amen? Amen? Let's bow our heads. Let's invite the worship team. And so this morning, I, I'd just like to make an invitation for us to do that. Just to spend a few moments over the next uh, uh, two or three minutes and say, Lord, I confess my doubt. I confess my, my uh, judgment, I confess the, the questions that, that, that I you know, or, or the answers that I think I know. Lord, I, um, if I haven't been in this posture of who am I or what can I say, I, I have nothing to defend myself, uh, I have nothing to justify myself, right? Uh, uh, to relinquish our right, it is a right, to justify ourselves before God or before others. And can I invite you? This morning, simply to lay that down at the foot of the cross. You don't have to justify or defend yourself before anyone. Because Christ has justified and defended you for you before the Father. What you're fighting for, tooth and nail, Christ has already gifted to you through the Father. And so this morning, let's just come before the Lord. And as the worship team just kind of plays in the back, just come before the Lord and, and try and get to this place of absolute just abandonment of self. And I believe the Lord will greatly desire me.